It's a wonderful day, and you're tuning in to the show. Rome is in Manila. This is where I share stories on self-improvement, language learning, motivation, productivity, time management. Name it, and I'll try to have it. Honestly, this sounds a little corny, but you'll be hearing this intro for all of this month's episodes. So just enjoy the sounds of it while it lasts. This episode starts in three, two, one. Hello, another week has passed. It's Saturday, and that means it's time for another episode. Welcome back, welcome back. If it's your first time listening to this podcast, hello there. Nice to have you here. If you're among my 50 followers on Spotify or among the four listeners I have on Apple Podcast, thanks for coming back. I have prepared something really special today. Well, every week is going to be special. Maybe I'm just reminding you that every day and every moment of our lives are actually very special. Yeah, for today's episode, I invited a friend from theater who I came to know about four years ago. He is actually a high school science teacher. He also teaches and gives training outside school environments, and he does both traditional scripted theater and improv theater. My guest for today is Jay Villanueva. A round of applause, please. Okay, before we dive in, I believe not all listeners are familiar with improv, and we didn't really define improv in this episode anymore. But here's my one-liner to describe how I think of improv theater. For me, improv theater is theater without script, without rehearsals, and it's creativity that sparks and happens in the moment. If you've been alive for quite a while now, I believe you've seen improv at least once in your life, and actually, everyone's improvising every day. We just don't notice. Okay, well. I'm not here to explain all that. I don't even really know that much. So let's head straight to the episode. Here's the show. Tatlong bata usapang improv with Jay Villanueva. Hello, hello Jay. Hi, how are you? I'm doing okay, naman. It's Late night, but yeah, I, I'm usually alive during this time. <laughs> this is my first time doing this, like with a one-on-one person. Oh, okay. So, so what, <laughs> what do you usually do? Usually, not one-on-one. I usually just talk on my own, lang. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, so, no worries. Yeah. Although this week I published an episode with four of us talking, pero mm. that's more like a catch up date with my friends so it's very mm. relaxed na conversation i see, I see. <laughs> this one i feel like it's going to be different because i'm talking with you and then you have lots of experience in theater improv you know so i am it's not as um it's not as gla- the the experience that i have is not as extensive as a lot of people no it's it's preferably uh it's it's pretty low key so don't worry about it mm, so super humble <laughs> thank you for being humble <laughs> okay lang what uh, whatever helps yeah i mean you uh, know because it's not like other people who do it professionally or mm-hmm. uh, really professionally or that's their their actual thing i, I for me kasi uh it's more of a i, I don't want to say it's a hobby mm-hmm. no it's not It's it's more like uh, uh, this is my regular nine to five job kumbaga, and then this is it. So well, kinan siya. Right. Yeah, and a lot of times I could not do theater or I cannot pursue theater uh, because of a lot of limitations. Number one will be schedule. Mm-hmm. So I have to be in school in the morning, and yeah, so kinan. I see. I think that's nice. Na you're like pursuing two things: a nine-to-five job, and then at the same time, something really creative. Na you find your passion with. So yeah, I, I, for, I'm trying to do the same. For for me, because if I don't do that, I will go crazy. Mm. Uh, uh, it it's for me. It's it's 
a lot of therapy for me mm-hmm. therapy or or it's uh it's something that you have a lot of creative output too so mm-hmm. because of that it's it's it helps a lot it helps i see yeah right thanks okay so i think for us to start since we're talking about improv how about we start with uh monologue from you I- i'll be giving you a cue and then uh let's do a one minute monologue okay, okay. i'll be giving you a cue um okay let me or you're going to give me a prompt bale ah yeah, yeah. A prompt a prompt okay um okay. toothpick the prompt toothpick. is toothpick okay, okay. so Timer starts uh, now. Okay, so when I th- hear the word toothpick, I I think of teeth cleaning, and then when I think of teeth cleaning, I think of a dentist, and when I think of a dentist, I think of a clean, uh, a very clean office. So, uh, so for me, um, when you talk about clean offices, I always I I remember the time that I walked into an office that was uh, really, really dirty. Being a teacher, uh, being a science teacher, you know that uh, the, the uh, science teacher's table is always dirty or it is always filled with something to do. So when I walked into a room with an office uh, that was really, really clean, I was like, oh, wow, how do you keep it clean? I, oh, I do this, I do that, blah, 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 so and so on. And this friend of mine reminded me that uh, that, you i have to keep things clean or else it's not going to be it's not going to work but uh he was making a snide comment on my working style and i go like okay uh that that's uh i i started to feel bad about myself and then the following day i saw a quote by uh someone who said that all of these great people had dirty tables and messy tables so i, I felt quite good about myself and then after that Um, someone told me a quote. I can't remember who told me that who the quote came from. And then they said, "If you're, if a uh, if a dirt, if a dirty, if a messy table is a sign of a messy mind, what is an empty table a sign of?" So it ends there. And then I said, "Okay, so I'm I'm happy about my semi-organized table, but not really the messy table that I have." So I'm good with that. Okay, that's pretty cool. Actually, you actually exceeded the one minute, but I wanted to oh listen to the whole story. So <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> I'll just let you finish. <laughs> no, it's okay. Just it's okay. It. Okay, no worries. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's really awesome, and I I really appreciate how. Improv people are very spontaneous whenever they speak, and I, I really like that. And I want to be like that. It's it's really hard. I I don't know how you do it. Really, I want to learn more about that. But for today's episode, we're talking about improv, and I want to learn more about improv from you. And yeah, so how did you first encounter improv? Okay, uh, my first encounter of improv uh, was when I was actually in. college mm-hmm. uh that was many years ago that was um if i'm not mistaken well if i graduated from college like 21 years ago so around 25 years ago wow uh, so, so in 19 if my math is correct that was <laughs> 1995 okay so in so in 1995 i was um a freshman at uh, the philippine normal university and uh, there was a group there called the bibliotheque improvisation group technique uh, run by uh, a guy named homer fernandez mm-hmm. and um well this group was a group of theater enthusiasts mm-hmm. who either did not like going into scripted theater mm-hmm. or wanted to go to scripted theater but wanted to learn more before going to scripted theater because um in, in PNU there was a culture there was a theater culture actually mm-hmm. and they were really really good it's just that these people were misfits mm-hmm. so so be, be, being mis, misfit yeah. then they joined this other group that was very alternative and i i i guess it was a little ahead of it's time because mm. 
um, improv is not seen as a legitimate theater mm. experience. So, ganun. So, but I, I joined Bibliothek uh, primarily as its uh, technical theater guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm that guy who turns on the lights or plays music or stuff like that. And being that, um, I, I, I had to participate also in the training that the actors did. So it, w- it was legitimate actor exercises. It was leg- uh, it was, these were actor exercises. And uh, without us knowing, we were doing, um, it, was a, it's a, it was musical theater improv. It was musical oh. improv. So that was the kind of improv that we did. And again, it was ahead of its time because technically we were a group of people, uh, we were a group of friends who just wanted to have fun and perform for people. Mm-hmm. So not having a script, starting a scene based on a prompt, or doing something, but doing something differently every time. Mm-hmm. And then, and then that, that's, that's that, of course. Um, after four years, I graduated from, from PNU. And it kind of took a, took, took a backseat. From then. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to ask me when I started improv, I started improv in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then I realized that I was doing improv before that because I was really bad with scripts. Mm-hmm. So, so technically, that's that. So every time that people ask me, I officially started improv in college, but technically, I started improv like way back. When, mm, you know. That's cool. 1995. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't and, think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. you were saying. Yeah. I, I was already born at that time, if you were to say that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I was already born at that time. <laughs> as, yeah. as for me, I actually first encountered improv uh, during Short and Sweet in 2016. Mm-hmm. And actually, short and sweet is well. We both joined and participated in it. And actually, I first encountered it uh, with uh, one team. They're doing the same play, and then one person in the play just asks for a word from the people, and then suddenly he goes off script. And you know, short and sweet. That's I think three days, right? So three days yeah. in a row, and then watching them, I saw that he did everything differently each day, and that's how I first encountered. Improv and do, wait, was this a uh, no? Was this short and su- what's that short and sweet? The one in Samsung Hall, yes, or yes. The one in- Samsung okay. Hall, ah, okay. Well, I think that's a uh, no, I think that's Ding Dong Rosales of Spit. Was it a uh, no? Was it um, uh, was he wearing like a garbage bag or something? No. Um, ah, no, 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 it's uh, the uh, who's which guy is this? Uh, I, I forgot his name, but. Uh, I I really can't remember, but it, it's okay. not Ding Dong. Okay. It's not Ding Dong. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then after that, um, I I think I've seen you perform with some people on Pineapple Labs. Was that yeah. right? Yeah. And then that's yes. the time I started asking about it. And then yeah, joined your group with one and a half men for a little yes. while. <laughs> well, we were batchmates in one and a half men. Oh, really? I'm not- <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, oh no 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 no, we were before. Yeah, you were the batch after us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was the batch after you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. So 1995 and then that, but but I I couldn't pursue it like you do. Yeah, I, I am. You mentioned that you think you've been doing it even before college, and then you learned more about it as you were in college. Um, 1995, seeing the the misfits in theater, and then. What did you do in relation to improv after that? Like when, when you were already working, um, oh. how did you still do improv? Like were you involved in any performances? And I mean, between that time and then before I saw you on Pineapple Labs. Ah, okay. So in between that time, uh, well, you had, to, you had to become serious in, 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 in your work. Serious. Mm. serious. But... A lot of the things that I've been doing in in my teaching in teaching career because I'm a, I'm a high school teacher, mm-hmm. I realized that they were improv. It was improv also, but it was an applied improv. 
So mm-hmm. you have improv that you perform on stage, and then you have applied improv that you you do in real in real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I realized that I have been doing improv throughout my teaching career also. Mm-hmm. The way that you take improv principles, and I didn't know that they were improv principles, mm-hmm. but uh, I've been doing that and then thinking of ways to apply it in, in everyday life, uh, in everyday teaching. So in my work, I do improv in life. Technically, mm-hmm. I did improv. It's just that when I started to study it formally, formally, mm-hmm. uh, with third world improv, and uh, I was part of one and a half men already then. When I started studying it formally, that the terminology was became clear that mm-hmm. ah, this is what what this is. This is what this is, um, because when in in college we just called it something else. But mm-hmm. when I studied it formally in TWI, so they had uh, an actual curriculum for it and then you learn that ah this is like this is how TWI does improv. Mm. Okay. So so um and, and you realize that ah okay so if this is what you do on stage this is what you do in life and then I say that ah okay I've been doing improv naman pala the whole time. Especially as a teacher you're in front of an audience mm, technically right. every day. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's what I do. Also uh, because I'm also a teacher outside of of high school, I mm. also give uh, talks to other people. Uh, from that time to then, I've been using improv also to make sure that the uh, the people are listening. And a lot of people say have said or have mentioned that it's the first time that they saw a teacher do something like that. Mm. And I'm 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 just saying I'm always telling them no, I'm not teaching you this i'm just mm-hmm. you know making sure that you're having fun also while studying and i guess that's that that's that's one thing that is a hallmark of my teaching mm-hmm. that i use improv to make sure that people are having fun while studying because once you're having fun studying it will be easier for you to learn mm-hmm. cool uh, I- i'm just curious because you mentioned that you're a science teacher right so like, what do you think is your advantage as compared to, like, teachers who don't know improv? What difference are you able to make as compared to them? Aside from making it more fun, more engaging? The biggest thing about being a science teacher is that you realize that your students are so afraid of making mistakes. Mm. And I think it's part and parcel of what the the normal education system is doing is that a lot of people get penalized for making mistakes where, where in fact making mistakes is the premium of learning. It, it teaches you a lot of things. So as a science teacher, I, I saw that. I saw that uh, throughout my teaching. And the reason why some people might think that my class is fun is because they're given a chance to fail. Mm. And, and learn from their mistakes before it matters or before you get to. So one of the things that I tell my students is that fail now, Mm. make mistakes now before you come to the point that that a mistake will cost too much. So at least now that the stakes are low, make the most mistakes as you can so that as the stakes go higher, you're you're more careful and the, mm-hmm. you're more sensitive. But again, that sensitivity and that care comes from the, all the mistakes that you've done in the past. Mm-hmm. And if, a, if I, a science student comes to me and says, I, I'm making so many mistakes, then I actually say, tell them, good, mm-hmm. don't do them again. <laughs> okay. so, so, again on. so realizing, uh, realizing that, that I think... That's the that's the main difference that I have. Mm. Okay, magkamale, you can oh. make mistakes. Yeah, and then I, I really love that. It's yeah, fail now, make mistakes now. It's okay to make mistakes. That's really cool, and yeah, I, I think that's really true in terms of the education system that we're having, and yeah, making mistakes is something that we really dread. Even for me, like doing this. Uh, recording stuff, making mistakes, having to edit, and all sorts or kites of work, diba. 
we're yeah, all afraid yeah. to make mistakes. Pero yeah, I think that's one big lesson that I've learned from improv that it's okay. And uh, part of that is that when you learn how to make mistakes, and um, it's like it's like any martial art. You you learn mistake. You learn to make mistake. You learn to fall. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you learn to fall properly. Um, the biggest thing that the biggest takeaway I hope my students get is that when they make mistakes, they learn accountability for their mistakes. Mm-hmm. In fact, what, one of the things that I, I am promoting now is that students have to learn how mm. to make a four-point apology. Because oh, I, I've it, seen that. I've, I've seen your post, four-point apology. Right? Right? And I, I, I've, uh, I, I tell people, Google four-point apology because a lot of times when, when people say sorry, mm. they say sorry just to shut you up. Mm. But like for example, um, when when a kid runs and he hits someone on the playground, that kid just says sorry and then runs away. No, that's not how to. That's not how you apologize. Mm. And I, I and because you're teaching people accountability, that kid has to sit down and say sorry. Can I do something to make it better? Would, and then actually offer things like, for example, can I can I off, can I get you a drink? Can can I call an adult? Are you uh, are you hurt? Do you do you want a wet tissue or something? So, so something like that because there's accountability for your actions. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are so afraid of making mistakes because they're so afraid of looking for the of, of facing the accountability of their action, and that's when mm-hmm. where blame comes in. You blame other people. Uh, Rapists blame the 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 victim because you know exin ang damit mo eh no mm. it's not like that I mean that's that's something that uh, I think one of my advocacies right now is learn how to say sorry properly mm-hmm. and I got I, and I got uh, well the crystallization comes from from being accountable from your actions learning how to make mistakes falling gracefully learning from mm-hmm. your mistakes and and all of these are improv principles that mm-hmm. you that you can do right now that you mentioned it i i feel like i can't imagine a world without this improv principles i mean i i, I think it's such a wonderful way to make people understand how the world works and I think with these improv principles, we're making a better community. We're making better people, one person at a time. You know? mm. And yeah, um, so yeah, what 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 do you think would have been different if you didn't know improv? I would be, you know, I would be more boring than what I am now. I mean. I'm not the guy. I'm not the party guy. Okay, mm. I'm not the. I'm not the guy who drinks. I'm not that guy who you know, who socializes. In. I'm still not that guy, mm. but I'm a little more bearable because of improv. I'm. I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm improv, but at least I'm now more accepting, mm. and um, maybe if I were. I would be an anxious mess. I'm already an anxious mess, but I will be a bigger anxious mess if I did not know improv, mm-hmm. or if because improv gave me the vocabulary for the vocabulary for me to express, mm-hmm. and and because I can express, I can talk about things, and then I can see. I mean, okay, so this is the problem. Uh, okay, let's talk about it later, later when 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 you're okay. It's that. It's that. But I'll, maybe I'm a kinder person because of improv. So you, it's like you're saying that improv has somehow improved your life, no? So oh, definitely. <laughs> do you think improv? Because you know, I I know that improv is being used as a corporate training of of sorts. And how do you think? Can improv be used to like reinvent oneself? Mm. Um, first is the acceptance of a yes. Mm. When you say yes, you have to realize that that is a yes that leads to a lot more yeses. Mm. 
And a lot of people are afraid of that. Mm-hmm. But because you want to improve by saying yes, that leads you to more choices to say yes to, mm-hmm. more chances for that yes to fail or be good. Mm-hmm. And definitely it will give, lead to more changes in your life. So whenever you say yes, it's a chance choice change thing that you can expect mm-hmm. just as a consequence of a single yes. So realizing that makes people a little iffy to say yes. Mm-hmm. But believe me, it will work as long as you're ready to accept. Because after saying yes, then there's the and. Mm-hmm. So you, you'll hear this from all improv people that they do a yes and. So it's a yes and all the consequences and all the kind of worms and all of the fallout that will happen from that yes. But because you said that yes, it is a decision. It's a choice. And you should be accountable for that choice. So learning that is a, is a lifelong process for some or a weekend for some others. So it depends. So yes, and it's, it's like a... For someone trying to reinvent himself or herself, the beginning is to say yes. That that's like what you're saying, right? To say yes, uh, I I I believe that's true because that's also what I'm trying to do now. Like how I started thinking of having guests to this podcast, I I thought people will say no. <laughs> but then when I invited my friends, they said yes. And then when I invited you to be here, you said yes. So I thought, yeah, this opens doors, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you just have to ask, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if people say no, then that will say, okay, they might not like what you're doing now, mm-hmm. but they can support you in some other way. And that's their end. So they still accepted what you were offering. Mm-hmm. It's just that they cannot do it this way. So they're doing it in a different way. Right. So, yeah. Because saying no is mm-hmm. still accepting. Mm-hmm. Right? It's still, they, they, they still accepted what, the, what you told them. It's just that they can't do it the way that you expect them to do it. So mm-hmm. it's a different. It, they do it differently. Right. And a lot of fights have happened because of people not understanding each other. Mm-hmm. But just really by but but by talking about it or just by saying like, okay, this is not how he does things or this is not how she does things. And that's still a yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's just that the end is different. The end is different. <laughs> yes, I heard what you're saying, and no, I'm not going to do something about it. Mm. Yeah, and you mentioned like under like conflicts because of misunderstandings, no. So I have this notion that people in improv are really good at listening. So how can we how do you think can like regular people improve their listening and understanding skills the improv way? Okay. Um in improv, we have what we call being in the moment. Now, um, it's, it's a way of... Um, remember, all of these catchphrases mm. have different names uh, and different, uh, different uh, ways of being told or different ways of being manifested by different improv schools. When, when, it, when they say schools, mm. uh, different improv schools of thought. So one of the schools of thought is that you have, uh, or one of the tenets of improv for a particular school of thought is being in the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. They say it that way, being in the moment. Uh, by, by being in the moment, you are here. A lot of times, people listen to respond mm-hmm. rather listen to understand. And mm-hmm. being in the moment forces you to listen to understand. So, especially now when we're dealing with Zoom and with, mm-hmm. uh, with calls like this. So, People usually talk over each other uh, right. in real life because you have context, because you have gestures, because you have body language, because you have verbal tics and something. And because we know each other, for example. Mm. But 
in in Zoom and in in teaching and in actual real life, we usually talk about each other, and it doesn't it it mars the conversation. It it dilutes the communication. So by being in the moment, you're forced to focus on what you're talking about, to focus on the person, mm-hmm. to focus on the experience of communicating with each other, and then making a more genuine response based on what you understood rather than what you just thought or mm-hmm. what you associated with or with what you see. Because bahamamaya, you just looked at the person, you reacted to something not what the person was saying. Right. Yeah, I feel like I'm having a practice today. <laughs> uh, think about listening as a, as a total experience rather than listening only by hearing. Mm-hmm. So, so listening through your eyes as well and through, or through understanding the person. And that's, that's that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And yeah, I really feel like I'm having practice today. Like having conversation with you right now i feel like how do i get more from what you are saying and because you're saying these somehow for me a lot are still abstract but i'm trying to figure out how i can squeeze more but yeah all you've mentioned are really good and i i hope that people who will listen to this will find value in it another thing since we're, we're already talking about listening no um there's a lot of noise how do you filter through the noise? Now we have. Uh, mm. uh, so, sorry, sorry. Uh, you were uh, saying like, um, sure, noise in social media or kite noise in, like, in real life. I mean, even kung you're in a situation like in class when you're teaching, there's noise or, but for mainly I think social media noise, the info noise versus signal in terms of information that we're dealing with. Ah, okay. Uh, in terms of noise on social media, well, I just don't subscribe to a lot of social <laughs> media. That's why. That's mm. why. Um, it's a choice. Number two, what I usually do is I just set time for it. Mm. But because if you expose yourself to too much social media, uh, I guess be, me being introverted and all, it's going to tax me so much. Mm. So I just set the time for it. And I, I don't look at social media as much as possible if I'm tired or mm. I'm, I'm, I'm irritable or something like that. And I, I owe myself that too, to mm. stay healthy and to make myself healthy. So if I'm okay, if my mental health is okay, then I look at social media because I'm, I'm, I'm e- it will be easier for you to filter out the noise. Mm. Okay. If you focus on the noise, that's another strategy naman. You can focus on the noise and then you tune in to a particular one. Mm-hmm. So there's two things. One is, you know, stay away from it. The other one is to actually treat the noise as something that you have to listen to mm-hmm. and then focus on something. For example, a garbage truck passing by mm-hmm. that will honk its horn, you can go like, Ah, it's irritable. Ingay, ganyan. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at the noise, you can listen to the noise and say, ah, that's a D flat. <laughs> that's interesting. And, and then and then oh he's uh, no, he's uh um he's um or or if you're if you're a uh, garbage collector, it's like okay. Oh, that's a letter S. Yeah, in Morse code. Because you're taking it and, and you're, you're getting through that one, you're not really filtering it out. You're just hyper-focusing on, on one. And then when you go out, and you, you, it, it, it has more value. It has more meaning to you. Nah, ah, okay. The next time that I hear that, maybe I'll find out the name of that, that driver. Because by the time that I know that driver, he all, I know that it's that driver uh, playing a D-flat because his truck is particular, uh, particularly fitted with that horn, and it will it will give you a D flat. Or if he does Morse code, mm-hmm. what if the next time that he does it, it's a different letter? Oh, wow! you'll you'll realize that there's a backstory to it. That he was once in the military, or he was once a telegraph operator, 
uh, in the 1980s and he lost his job because no one sends telegrams anymore. So, mm. something like that. Oh, wow. So, That's really interesting. Like, it's either, I don't need to look at it. Yeah. For me, but my, my two main strategies is uh, staying away from it or hyper-focusing on something and getting value from it. Both of them has value. Uh, mm. It depends on what, what, you're, what you want to do today. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. I, I mean, it's like you're looking when doing a hyper-focus. It's like you're looking for a story even from the like menial things, even from the smallest detail. But, but look at it this way. For example... Um, uh, uh, you can you can edit this if you if you want to. Mm. Um, but let's say for example you you have a troll attacking you on on social media. Mm. Okay, not not the polit not just for being political ha? or not, mm. not nothing of that sort. Yung tipong ah you like this uh, this particular thing. Maybe not political. Maybe you like a certain flavor of ice cream. And mm. then this troll attacks you, and the troll attacks you because you like that particular flavor of ice cream. And then or Looking at the troll, maybe not engaging the troll. Okay, one way. One way is uh, well, you can choose to block him. That's one. Mm-hmm. Or by hyper focusing on that person or on that troll, you find out that that's a particular person, and maybe he's just doing this for you know for 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 fun. Mm-hmm. He's just like that as a person. Or then then you know how to not give him energy or not. Parang either give him an audience or not give him an audience. Baka mamaya naman kasi, he's just doing this to have fun. And, you know, that's, that's okay. Now, I understand what you're doing. I won't give you more energy. So, like, mm-hmm. and that's a way to filter it out. So, mm-hmm. but it takes time. It takes mm-hmm. time and practice to do right. because a, a lot of people get inflamed quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. I see. So, do you, do you find yourself na maybe just in the middle of the day and then doing your normal tasks or course and then finding something as a prompt like yes. out of the blue yes 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 mm-hmm. because well because i'm doing this semi professionally or professionally as well sometimes when i get get a prompt then i do i just do a do a simple exercise like what I did earlier at the start of the monologue. I just mm. do associations. So mm. because you're exercising that muscle, when you go on stage and you hear a prompt, it might it will go like full circle. It will give you that ah okay. So this one reminds me of this. This one reminds me of this. This one reminds mm. me of the time when and then you start talking. So it's easy. Mm. It becomes easier. Mm-hmm. It also makes you acutely aware of your surroundings. So it becomes uh, an exercise also of situational awareness. So mm-hmm. parang, you see a prompt and that prompt may be a visual cue for you to, oh, okay, so this is a situation that's not safe. So mm-hmm. I have to get out of this situation. Mm-hmm. So it becomes that, that set, spider sense, uh, spidey sense in a way. Mm-hmm awareness no like it's in, it's a way to increase your awareness then i see right um sige in your 20 plus years of <laughs> doing improv no in your life which do you have anything particular na very memorable or remarkable <laughs> okay um this happened with ano, okay one thing stands out is that improv, you have to educate your audience. Mm. You have to educate your audience. And it will depend. Because yeah, unlike scripted theater, mm. that's everybody knows what scripted theater is, but a lot of people don't know what improv is. So, I remember going to this um, to this activity. It was a it was a open house, I think, uh, mm-hmm. for kids. And these kids came from Payatas. So, okay. the kids from Payatas was organized. And when I saw the kids, when they said the kids were school age, mm-hmm. they did not tell us that it was kids' kids. Okay. That it was grade one to five. We okay. were, 
they they told us that the audience for that day was grade five above, so high school ish, So kids, as in kids, talaga. Mm. So in my, you know, in my imp, so doing improv, and we were going to perform a set for mm. them. So we were supposed to perform a set for the people who would like to invest, uh, so that the kids will have more more uh, funding. Mm. But the problem is, yun nga, in the the kids were seated in front of us. So technically, we were, we were going. And these were a group of like 30 to 50 kids. Okay. So, wow. so, yeah. And then we asked for a prompt. Mm-hmm. And the prompt was, Anong kakasya dito sa lugar na to? Okay. Sa, sa, ganitong, sa, sa ganitong space. And then the answer was, Tatlong bata. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, let's work. Long bata, and 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 then we realized that bakit na naisip yung tatlong bata dun sa ganong space, mm. and it dawned on us that was the size of how of their sleeping area mm. for three kids. So so imagine hearing that reality. Mm. It was it was a it was a, a a moment in my improv journey. Na oh, oh nga naman. One, you have to be sensitive with your audience. Number two, you have to take care of them. And number three, you realize that you learn so much from your audience based on what they give you. Mm. So so some some people will will you know put you on the spot and give you a sex organ or something. Ganyan, mm. But that. At that moment, when we received that prompt, we realized that okay, we went on full batibot mode. We mm. went to to full Sesame Street mode because this might be one of the very few chances that these kids are actually going to have fun mm. in a different way. So, yeah, that was that that thing stands out the mm. most. Wow. Month. Yeah, just just hearing about it, it's like giving me chills. I mean, it's kami din, kami din. When we when we heard tatlong bata, we were like tatlong bata. Yeah. Yes, yes. True. nagbibigay din siya ng it it gives you a a bigger perspective of reality. It changes your worldview. Yeah, and it, it, it gives you a bigger bigger uh, framework of what you're actually doing. Mm. Wow. I, I think that's really cool, no? Na you're doing that, pero you think, some people might think now you're doing it just to entertain people, pero actually, while you're doing it, you're also learning a lot of things like what you've mentioned. No? Okay, I, I think this will be my last question for you for today. You've given me a lot of, anana, a lot of wisdom and your time. Then it, I, I believe it's really valuable, and I really appreciate having you here. So I think, ang last, my last question would be, uh, for people who are looking into doing improv, what would be your tips or recommendations? How can they start, or what they should do? Given uh we have this kind of situation right now. Ah, okay. Um, good. And bad, uh, because of what we're having right now, like personally, I'm exposed to a lot of different kinds of improv from different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, have, I have played with people in, in uh, the Netherlands. I have played with people who are in Poland. I have played with... I, I used to play, okay? Mm-hmm. So we've played with each other uh, over on Zoom. So... It's a wonderful experience to play with people with different playing styles. Mm-hmm. So, if you are, if you want to try improv, my first tip is to watch improv, mm-hmm. whether it be on uh, whether it be uh, a long form set of uh, the ones that you find on Netflix mm-hmm. or it will be a short form set that you want to find on uh, that you will find on YouTube watch improv watch Mona and then take that step mm-hmm. cross that threshold 
and try out a class or a jam. So mm-hmm. if someone says, uh, we're going to have an improv jam, you want to join? Join in. Try it. Because again, if you feel that you're making a mistake, the entire group of people there will catch you. Mm-hmm. And if you step out of it, feeling that you're the most the, the best person in the world, then that means that you had fun doing it. Okay. Then that's the second step. Mm-hmm. The third step is if you want to really study it, not just for performing on stage, but for doing it in real life, then take a class. Okay. The class doesn't have to be formal. Uh, there are a lot of classes now that are being offered on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as the pandemic is still, try it out. Okay. And when, when everything goes, uh, goes back to a point where we can actually meet face-to-face, then, then go to the classes that, that are actually physical, mm-hmm. that, uh, that happen in, in physical space and uh, in face-to-face. That's that. But again, start, with a, start by watching improv. And mm-hmm. the more that you are amazed at the people, let that be fuel for you to take the next step and actually try it out. Mm-hmm. Do you have like any recommendations of what to watch or just type just in anything. improv? Okay. Mm-mm. Um, and then like wine or like mm. anything alcoholic, improv has its particular tastes. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like this particular one, parang parang beer. So uh, or or a particular wine. If you don't like this particular wine, try another one. Okay. Mm. Or if you don't want, try another one because one is not a definitive example or a, a, a definitive way of doing it. So mm-hmm. some people like this, some people like this. It, it, it will depend on what you like. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that. You, you have to, if you, uh, same as theater. If you want uh, a play that's, uh, that's very real, then mm-hmm. go, for, know, go for groups that have uh, very real plays. If you want to have theater that will mirror society, then you choose that mm-hmm. one. If you want yung fun-fun lang. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but, don't diss on other persons or other people's preference. Mm-hmm. So, if you want this, don't make other people feel bad for wanting something else. Right. Yeah. Yun lang. Yun lang yung ano doon. That's the, that's the, the disclaimer. Mm-hmm. I see. So, to each his own pa din, no? Yeah. But even if you say to each his own, improv people usually have this way of like, I like this better than this, but I'm not saying that I don't like what you're doing. Parang ganon. So, um, we, ha- we have to reach a point where you appreciate everyone. Mm-hmm. Pag nag tayo, we drink different things, but technically, gusto natin lahat malasing. Parang ganon. Ah, okay. I-, I feel like, parang to each his own is like this, pero yung sinasabi mo is like at another step going deeper of acceptance because, kumbaga yes, parang ganun because it's it's technically what you like to mm. to do eh kung eh, uh, gusto mo kung ayaw mong ma-hangover bukas eh di mm-hmm. you drink this one rather than that one parang ganun oh i see all right thanks for clarifying ayun so are there any shows or anything that you have that you want to promote or where can people find you if they want to know more about the things you're doing? <laughs> okay. So, wait lang. I, okay. may, I, have an, I have an answer to that one. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so, if you want to find me, uh, I'm Bald Guy Science on IG and Twitter. And you can follow my uh, artistic exploits, exploits <laughs> on Bald Guy Art Space on Facebook. Uh, you can also subscribe to uh, to please go to the Facebook page of One and a Half Men, uh, and is it Wednesday yet? So you can look for those on FB and you can start liking them. You know. But if you want to find out what I am doing, go mm-hmm. to my art space, and that one is my IG and Twitter. Bald guy science on IG and Twitter. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Jay, for joining us today or tonight whatever time it is for the listeners but yeah thank you very much it was great having you here and i really learned a lot thank you (laughs) thank you thank Um, you thank you 
Thank you for inviting me also on your first uh, podcast <laughs> that is two people lang. Yeah. <laughs> And that's a wrap, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to the end. I believe the past 40 minutes have been very educational and mind-opening to me. And I hope it's the same for you. Did you listen well? What's your favorite part? My favorite part was... Okay, I'll stop right there if you didn't get the joke. But seriously, my favorite part is when Jay mentioned his most remarkable experience doing improv. It's just that sometimes we think when we are performing that it is one way. That the information and all the story comes from us. That um Well, when we are the ones performing. But in reality, the story is sewn together by the actors on stage or for the case of improv, the players on stage and the audience. The collective audience is part of the story and they also have roles. It's amazing that we can view the world and we can make little improvements in our lives, in our daily habits, using some of the improv concepts that we heard today. Lastly, I'd like to say that you've all been really awesome listening up to this point. I know how hard it is to focus right now. In fact, my listening habits has deteriorated ever since we've only been staying at home. I guess I was usually listening to podcasts and audiobooks when I was commuting from home and uh, from home to work and vice versa. But now that we're at home, I think my focus for anything audio has have been reduced maybe it's the same for you so probably people are into video content right now and i'm also looking forward to creating video podcasts sometime in the future but for the meantime um you'll just have to bear with my with my and my guest's voice um you've been awesome all right i think i'll finish here Again, thank you very much, Jay. Thank you very much, Jay. You've been a really wonderful guest. And I'll see you once again for a video podcast sometime in the future. And for all of you listeners, more power, more learning. And every single day, let's strive to be our better versions. Make sure to follow me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, give this episode or this podcast a rating, a review. Give your comments and suggestions. Uh, relevant links are in the show notes. I'll see you next Saturday. 